Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Lynn Johnson, and I was the spiritual leader at this church for about seven or eight years, and and, um, now I live in Mexico, and I come back every summer to visit my stepmother, who's going to be 99 this year, and... uh, so we're planning the hundred year, you know, for next year, which she's been talking about, I think, for ten. Um, <laughs> so we've got to make sure this is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> but Reverend Larry, as some of you know, is using this wonderful book, Awakening Joy, and the two chapters that he assigned to me uh, for this week. The first one is the sweetness of loving ourselves. And the second one is the joy of loving others. So I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those chapters. But one of the things that I wanted to do was to really highly recommend this book. It's very simple in the way that it's written. And the concepts and ideas that he presents in the book are so easy to practice because there are many, many... um, suggestions that he gives in the book on how you can increase your level of joy by following some of the suggestions in this book. So I just can't, I really just can't recommend this book enough. Um, and it's, he, the, the author, James Baraz, is a, um, a Buddhist meditation instructor and does classes on awakening joy, hence the, the title of the book. So, the sweetness of loving ourselves. The first few pages of this particular chapter were very interesting to read because as I was going along, I thought, oh, this is my story. He's, he's, he's talking about my life. I didn't recognize that he was in my family. And, uh, but he, and so after a while, I thought, well, this is exactly how I felt. And then at the end of the, the chapter, or the end of the section on, on how he was explaining his life, I thought, this is exactly how everyone else feels, that we are not alone. And the first thing he starts writing about is that he felt that he was dropped off on the wrong planet. Anybody else? <laughs> and, um, and that's exactly how I felt when I was growing up, that I was not only dropped off on the wrong planet, but in the neighbor, wrong neighborhood and with the wrong family. These were not my people. And um, <clears throat> so over the years of feeling not good enough, not smart enough, not worthy enough, not pretty enough, not whatever the, the litany of not enough was, Um, I realized after reading these two pages that this litany was the same for him and 99% of the people walking around the planet. So my conscious search for belonging uh, began in Science of Mind about 23 years ago. And my conscious search for love began many, many years before that, but, well, my unconscious search for love. That's really what it was, because I was looking for it in all the wrong places um, and was very unconscious about it. Um, When I realized that I had not experienced love in my life, my family, I didn't experience from my mother and my father growing up, a very violent household, and um, very unhealthy household, and I didn't experience love. I wanted it, and but of course I didn't really know what it was. So I tried to follow the formula that was set out by books and movies and songs and all of those things, and I tried to get love. I, you know, kind of like getting a puppy. I thought if I go out there, I'll get it from somebody, and um, but of course that didn't work. And all of my searching 
through all of these years, I finally recognized in the end it was right here. And it was kind of like that fish looking for water. You know, I'd spent all this time trying to find it out in the world, and all the time it resided right in here. But to get to the love that was in here for me was a major process because the love that I am was covered over by barbed wire, steel, cement, this, this huge layer of covering that I, that I placed over my heart to keep me safe. And to get through all of those layers to what was underneath was a major undertaking. Mayor Baba said, our capacity to love is awakened in us through having received love from others. Now, when I started really consciously looking at my life, I didn't recognize that I had been loved by anyone. I didn't have a close grandparent and and all of that. But I, I finally focused in on the mother of my best friend. And she actually, when I really looked at it, was the person who loved me. I thought she was just a really nice lady, <laughs> but I lived with them every summer. I lived with them up on Mount Hood. They had a cabin on Mount Hood, and I would go up to Welch's every summer and spend three or four months with this family. They sort of took me in, and, um, and I realized that what they were really giving me was love, but I didn't recognize that for another 50 years after, after the experience. When I consciously began, after I came into Science of Mind, when I consciously began to do Um, this search for loving myself, trying to figure out how to do that, I bought Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life. Anybody else start with that or have read that book? If you have not picked up that book, I highly recommend it. As some of you know, I teach, I live in Mexico, and I teach classes to Mexican women, and the class that I teach is called Love Yourself, Love Your Life. And I use Louise Hay's book because it's readily available in Mexico in Spanish. And so this is perfect for me to be able to talk about this because this is the work that I do. And so when I first started doing the work that was in Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, one of the things that she talks about is how to begin loving yourself. And she talks about doing mirror work. What that looks like is you stand in front of the mirror and you say, I love you. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. At the time, I was living in a house that when you walked in the the bathroom that I used, there was a long counter with a sink in it and then the mirror that went all on this side of the, the wall. And I would approach the bathroom cautiously and I would get to the door and I would peek around the doorway, go, I like you. (laughs) No, I I tried love. That didn't work. So I would do this. You know, I would peek around the door. and I couldn't do love, so I said like. And actually, when I looked in the mirror, I really wasn't seeing me because I wasn't there long enough to see me. But anyway, and so eventually, after I don't know how many times, I got the courage to go actually stand in the bathroom and look at myself. And I would start with, I like you. I could go that far, because there were certain things that I liked about myself. So I would say, I like you. And I did that for maybe six months before I got the courage to say, I love you. And when I said, I love you, to this 
person in the mirror, it was like, I love you. And and any moment that I did that, I, I, I was sure that somebody was going to come and slap me upside the head. But that, of course, that didn't happen. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it over and over and over again. One of the major benefits of being on a spiritual path is that we recognize eventually that we are the manifestation of spirit, that who and what we are is a divine being. We are precious. How many people have ever held a kitten, a newborn dog, or a baby? And you look at that baby or kitten, and you look at that life, and you're just instantly in love with it, are you not? And you want to protect it, and you want to pet it, and you want to adore it, and you want to take care of it. And if it's sick, you want to get, take it to the vet. Well, maybe not the baby, but you, you, <laughs> you, you want to care for it. So I'm asking you today as a, just a little reminder that every morning when you wake up, before you even get out of bed, you're brand new. And you are that precious being every single day. Because who you are is the divine essence of life itself. The magnificence of spirit showing up as you, brand new, every day. And what's there not to love? So if you begin to see yourself as that newborn every day, doesn't matter how many days you've been on the planet, in the spirit world, you are brand new. And so begin to look at yourself that way. Begin to see yourself that way. And then when you look in the mirror and you can say, oh my God, you are so precious, I adore you. And then you can work on the, the form. But first, begin to see yourself as the precious, beautiful, incredible being that you are. And as we begin to see ourselves that way, we can begin to shift our self-talk. Because who we're talking to and about within our mind, usually, is the form. Spirit is behind the form. So what is going on internally is the essence of who we are, pure love. That's it. So we can begin to shift our self-talk because who we're talking to and about is this divine, precious being. Some of the things that we can do is to begin to develop compassion for the journey that we've been on as these beings that we're inhabiting. We can begin to see ourselves with more acceptance, more appreciation, especially appreciation. Begin to appreciate this journey that you're on, that you've been on, and all of the things that you've done. I mean, like Lincoln's music that he, that he was writing or singing about this morning. All of the things that you have been awakened to in your life and all the places that you've been, not only in consciousness but in form, all of the things that you've done, begin to appreciate who you are and what your journey has, has been about. It takes courage to be a human being, don't you think? Really, and look at the great job you're doing. You're doing a phenomenal job. Begin to accept how fantastic you are. 
All of the things that you do, just even your body, when you get out of the shower, you can look at that body and go, oh my God, you're so fantastic. Look what you do for me every day. I don't have a thing to do with it. My hair grows, my fingernails grow, the cells change, the blood flows, it gets me up in the morning, it puts me to sleep at night, I don't have to do anything, I just show up. So when you stand there and you look at this beautiful body and what it's done for you, oh my God, are you in heaven or what? So begin to do that every day. Begin to wake up to your own magnificence. You are unique, and I know you've heard this before, but you are the most amazing person in your whole life. There isn't anybody more magnificent on this planet than you. So get to know you. Get to know this most incredible being that you are. Spend time with yourself, approving of yourself, loving yourself, saying yes to you. I'm unique, I'm valuable, I'm precious, I'm loved. Doesn't that kind of feel good if you do that? Who else is going to do it if you don't? (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Holmes said, unconditional love is what we are. That's what we're made of. And so as the song that you were singing today, it comes up and it is a memory. It is a memory. We know that that's what we are. But like I did, I put all those layers on top of it. And it was so far removed from my consciousness, I had to do to take all of those layers off one by one. And as they, they say, the veil becomes thinner once you begin to do that. That veil that separates us from our unity and oneness with the infinite. A few months ago, I send an email to Larry, Reverend Larry, who's one of my closest friends and dear friends, and, and also to my best friend. And I ask, I asked each one of them if they would send me a list of the qualities that they felt were my best qualities. And um, so Larry sent a few things, but a few of the things that he did say were the first one he said was spiritual depth. And I was like, whoa, that's nice. And then he said loyalty and friendship truth-seeking of self and others, and a desire to make a difference. And there were a few other things. But my best friend Kathleen said, the first thing she wrote down was truly knows how to love. And that just made me cry because I had spent my whole life trying to figure out how to get it. The thing, next thing she wrote was deep, attentive listening, generosity with self and others, and funny. And um, I I kind of accept the funny part. Uh, I like humor. And um, Okay, in the book, the author says, he's talking about the essence of spirit that's in us, I think of this presence as our basic nature, as goodness itself. We all get glimpses of it in a moment of gratitude or generosity or in the joy we feel when we hear about or witness a noble action or behold an object of beauty. When we quiet down enough and listen carefully, we find it is there all the time, beneath the confusion and static in our minds. The way I see it, this pure force is the impulse inside us that wishes for our happiness, the room for our, that, that room for our well-being. The process of learning to love ourselves 
means accessing and then empowering this force so that it directs our choices and our life. As some of you know, I was very sick a couple of years ago, almost died twice, which was kind of interesting, um, finding out about it afterwards. But, um, but one of the things that I discovered during the recovery was that love is the only thing that is important. That's the only thing we're here to do. Not romantic love, not that, you know, not, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's about getting in touch with the essence of who we are, that unconditional love that lives inside of us, and to share that with other people. That's what we're to do here. All of the other stuff is just to entertain us <laughs> while, we're, while we're getting there. I mean, it's all, it is meaningless. You know, it's like kids playing video games. It's just, it's meaningless. The only thing we're here to do is to love. Love ourselves, getting, getting really in touch with that, and loving others. Oprah Winfrey said, we can see love only when there is love in our eyes. So love takes many forms. In this community, certainly there's a lot of it. But we experience love and the joy of love when we begin to give it away. When we begin to serve others in some way, when we take the attention and focus away from us and give purely out of our sense of givingness to someone else, not in a codependent way, not doing what they, they could already do for themselves, but to give from our hearts in ways that bring pleasure to someone else, even if they don't know about it, even if they're not aware of it. I mean, like in this community, people, people are serving here all the time. People are vacuuming. People are dusting. People are bringing flowers. People are making coffee. Now, a lot of times, you don't even know who those people are. But you come every Sunday, and you experience the cleanliness of the place, and you experience the, the pretty flowers, and you experience this great music we have. And nobody ever thinks about maybe even thanking the people that provide or do all of those things. But they do them from a place of love from a place of giving, so that it will be pleasurable for you to be in this environment. It's essential to let go of our attachment to the form we think love takes. Because if any of you have a list of a person you want to be involved with, throw it away. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Or if it does, it's going to be your place of learning and growth. Oh, joy or oh, rapture. So. Because <laughs> that's what we're here to do in relationship. We're here for, relationships are about spiritual growth. They're not about houses or kids or businesses or, you know, none of that stuff. They're about spiritual growth. Relationships are about assisting us in seeing the gold that is in us, that's covered up by all the ways that we deflect it out in the world and all the forms we think are the right forms. But relationships are here to assist us in seeing our own magnificence. Ernest Holmes, our founder, said, you are either attracting or repelling according to your mental attitude. You cannot help from attracting into your experience that which corresponds to the sum total of your states of consciousness. Now, the sum total means 
what's going on in your unconscious mind usually because most of us have some conscious idea of what's going on. But when he talks about the sum total, he really is inviting you to get beneath what's going on so that you can see what's happening in your unconscious because that rules most of our behavior. The unconscious, not the conscious, but the conscious mind can shift the unconscious. If you're choosing the direction you want to go in a conscious way, it'll outweigh all of that stuff that was there in the subconscious. Are you following me so far? Okay, because basically when you're making those lists, you know, you have no idea what's really good for you. (laughs) You think you do, but you really don't. You really don't have any idea because the ego is attached to the form. And forms come and go. They are all temporary. All of those forms are temporary. But love, the love that Lincoln was singing about, lives permanent, permanently in the heart of who we are. That's where love resides. Not here, but here. And I want to give you an example of this. I, a couple of years ago, some of you know I was madly in love. Well, not madly, but I was in love which was kind of a surprising experience after so long. But anyway, I was, there it was. And uh, so after a few months, even though I didn't pay attention to the little flags that were, those little red flags that kind of poke every once in a while, I was doing a um, a sweet little spiritual bypass. I was like, oh, I'm a minister. I'll be accepting. Oh, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be patient and I'm going to whatever else I was going to be doing. Um, And I was rationalizing all of this because I wanted this form. And uh, and, uh, so one day I decided that it would be good for us to have a conversation about where we wanted to go with this relationship. And I had my list and I the first thing on my list was I said, well, I really want this relationship to be based on love. And he said, well, I can't do that. Okay, then. Second thing on my list, no. <laughs> there wasn't no second thing. I said, well, what do you mean you, we can't, you know, bait? And he said, well, I don't do love. I said, well, of course you do. All you are is love. And I started into my preacher thing, you know. And, um, and he said, no. He said, you just don't understand. He said, I just don't love. And I said, oh, then you do fear. <laughs> and he said, how'd you know? <laughs> oh, it was such an interesting conversation. But... At the end of it, I I said, you know, not then at the moment, but I had to work up the courage to do this. But then finally I decided that I loved more than I loved being in the relationship with him. And that was shocking to me. It was shocking to me that I actually made a decision that was really good for me because this relationship was very unhealthy for me. And so for me to choose me, I went, oh, my God. But the wonderful part about this whole experience was that I didn't close down my heart. I didn't add this to the list of all of those old experiences that said, you're not lovable. I didn't do that. I kept my heart open no matter how many days I cried and how many nights I cried. I kept my heart open. (laughs) And then in walked this beautiful man that's in my life now. Sweet, kind, compassionate person. Who, somebody I never would have probably ever given a second thought to. He would not have been on my list. But he wrote a book called Romancing the Universe. And he wanted to kiss the corner of my left eye. Is that sweet? That was it. That's what did it. 
So when we stay open, when we open our heart and don't close it down, any possibility opens up for us. And our hearts expand into the love that we naturally already are so that we can see and develop our own loving heart. And there are some wonderful ways in this book that he, some ideas on how to do that that he has that are just fantastic. And one of them was sending loving thoughts to a stranger every day. Somebody that you see regularly but maybe don't know. Like I have a, a lavanderia that's next door to me and the wonderful woman there does all of my laundry. And I, you know, I say hello to her, but I, we don't really know each other. So I've been sending loving thoughts to her, loving thoughts about her. Another way is to commit to sending thank you notes or e-cards to people in your life who you love and support you, who appreciate you, or to people who contribute in some way to your well-being. And commit to doing this practice, say, say sending one every week to somebody different, just to open your hearts in appreciation and gratitude. Think of a person, living or dead, who's made a contribution to your life in some way. What quality did they demonstrate for you? Be that quality. Maybe be that quality for an hour or a day, maybe a month. Send loving kindness from your heart to others in some way every day, especially the people that you find difficult. Because if you do it often enough, your heart will shift, and your mind will shift, and you will begin to see them in a completely different way. You may not, quote, fall in love with them, but you will see them with a kind heart. You will see them with joy. You will see them with the gift that they bring into, their, into your life. You will begin to see them differently, and you will feel better. So we're going to practice this a little bit right now, where you're going to do a call and response, and I invite you to just repeat after me. I am filled with loving kindness. I am filled with loving kindness. I am peaceful and at ease. And I am happy. Let's do one more time. I am filled with loving kindness. I am well. I am peaceful and at ease. And I am happy. Now turn to someone next to you, and you're going to repeat. You're going to say the same thing, except it's going to be, you are filled with loving kindness. So turn to someone else and say to them, you are filled with loving kindness. You are well. You are peaceful and at ease. And you are happy. Once more. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. And may you be happy. One more time. Maybe look at someone else close around you. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. And may you be happy. And now all together, may we be filled with loving kindness. May we be well. May we be peaceful and at ease. And may we be happy. Will you join me in prayer? 
So breathing into this beautiful space, breathing into this peaceful space that we have created filled with love, I recognize and affirm that that love of spirit, the essence of spirit, which is pure love, is everywhere, in everyone and everything. And it is filling me up in this moment. It is expressing itself through my words, through my thoughts, through my consciousness alone. There is nothing about me that is outside or separate from this love. It is the wellspring of life that moves through me easily and effortlessly in all that I do, say, or think. As I affirm this for myself, I know and affirm this for each person in this sanctuary today, indeed, each person on the planet, that this planet is contained and comprised of nothing but love. And so I affirm for each person here today the willingness to open their heart to be a beacon of love, shining love from your heart everywhere on the planet, embracing each being as the individualized expression of the perfection, joy, beauty, grace of spirit. So I am knowing that this group right here, this group of people right here today, is filled to overflowing with that unconditional love at the center of their being. And I am knowing that it spills easily from the hearts of everyone here out into the world and heals every single being that it touches. And so in gratitude, knowing and affirming and claiming and accepting this as the absolute truth, I release this word. I know it is done. I let it be so. And so it is. So it is. Mm, namaste. Thank you.